So Nick, I think at least a cheers is in order. To Ralphus's return. I thought you were say to our honeymoon. No, it, Ralphus is more important than our honeymoon. We're married. Ralphus is back. It's Kinda. a beautiful day. Kinda. He's back. It's a beautiful day. Cheers to Ralphus. To Ralphus. Yeah, I was thinking, I was gonna get into that later, but um. No, it was on Thunder. Yeah. It was before the show. I guess we'll open with that. Um, welcome to this episode of the Butts and the Seeds podcast, episode number eighty-six. Ralphus's return. Kinda. He's not on the show at all. He just appeared on Thunder. He's in a recap, though. So Which he's on Nitro. I, I still don't know if it was better or worse that we watched that Thunder after we recorded the last episode. It's better. I'm Nick alongside Emily. Team Ralphus. Emily, is there anything besides Ralphus going on? He was the shining light in this episode. I'm going to hold on to that glimmer. He is, though. He was in a recap and he was in the Thunder prior, which we're going to talk about. So he is in this episode of the Buts and Seas podcast. Do you want to just start talking about the thunder? Sure. Emily, what happened on the thunder before the... Um, by the way, we're talking about the February 28th, 2000 Nitro, but right now we're talking about the thunder from the week before. So it's 2000. No, that's not an excuse for this. No. So it's the year 2000. Every TV show in the year 2000 to 2004 did this storyline. You find it egregious. I find it normal. No, they didn't do it like this. I mean, they did and they didn't. Kevin Nash has amnesia. He has amnesia a week after getting hit with a guitar. The, the, amnesia, the amnesia didn't show up until a the week later. The amnesia storylines in general in the 2000s were not uncommon. They don't even need to be started with a hit to the head. You can just wake up and have amnesia in a TV show in the 2000s. Do you remember the WWF did an, an, an amnesia storyline? Yeah, probably. With Stephanie. Yeah, probably. But yeah, Kevin Nash has amnesia, forgets who he is. Everyone tells him that he's the commissioner. He's the commissioner. He's like, I am the commissioner. And I need to call Batman. He thinks he's Commissioner Gordon. So on Thunder, he decides that he needs to call up Batman, but he has to call Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne always knows where Batman is. But then he has to call Alfred. Oh, is that who he thought he was calling? Yes. I thought, because he called... Dude, I, I, the logic doesn't so track here. Shocker. Kevin Nash picks up a cell phone, calls someone. It could either be... Alfred or Bruce Wayne says, I need Batman. <laughs> yes, it's obviously going to be one of these two and nobody else. So he picks up his cell phone and calls either who he thinks is Alfred or Bruce Wayne. And he says that he needs Batman there. Cut to a scene of our favorite boy, Ralphus, sitting on a bench, just like looking at his phone like, what the hell was that about? But he still goes to the arena and like sees Kevin Nash. And when he gets to the arena, Nash is just like, ah, Insert name because I can't remember who he thinks he is. I thought, I, so glad you're here. I think you flipped it. I think the phone call was Alfred and here he's like, ah, it's Bruce Wayne. Who fucking knows? But yeah, that's basically what happened on Thunder. Funnily enough, I knew Ralphus comes back. I didn't realize this was the start of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know him in a different role. So I'm like, wait. It made me very happy to see him. It wasn't a hilarious moment. It wasn't, like, played up too heavily for comedy like they wanted it to be. It was just nice to see Ralphus. And admittedly, commentary did note, like, that's Ralphus. It wasn't like, who is this strange man? No, it's Ralphus. But another instance of this era just being deleted from history. It's a surprise every week. Was there anything else from this thunder that was notable? I don't think so. I think it was Commissioner Gordon and Ralphus. We didn't watch all of it, so I'm assuming not. So since we're through the last thunder, today we are here to talk about the February 28th, 2000 WCW Monday Nitro. And let me tell you, it was a show. Better than last week. Not by much. 
Ooh, okay. Disagree. This was back to being a nothing show and not oh, a disagree. not a punt to the nuts kind of show. May not have been a punt to the nuts, but I still wanted to die at least in the first hour. Yes. Okay. In the first hour, the it first like up. half hour. It picked up towards the end, but it was still pretty bad. A lot of my notes are who could fucking care. So um, I have some backstage notes. Okay. We wanted to compare No Way Out to the more recent WWE pay-per-views for a sense of fairness. Sure. No Way Out did 480,000 buys. Woof. I'm forgetting what the, the number exactly was Super Bowl, but it was under 100,000. Yeah, that's So right. you're like, Royal Rumble's not fair. And I'm like, well, here's another one. Oh, buddy. This show, I guess based off the shit show that was last week, did a 2.1 rating. I don't even know the last time they did something that bad. Well, I mean, going into it, who would watch the show? I don't know who would have watched last week and been like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm going to totally tune back in. Uh, I'm seeing April of 96, the last time they did a 2-1. Yikes. And Raw did a 6-5. So yeah, like, that sounds right. Yeah. There was literally somebody in the crowd for this show that had a sign that said Raw is on the other channel. Well, Raw did have a very highlight segment. Oh, really? I was convinced this was a Vince Russo thing. If I, I would have put money down that it was. But on Raw, Mae Young gave birth. To the hand? This is the hand episode? Yeah. Oh my God. Of course you would watch that. Why would you watch this garbage when you can watch the hand? I'm not even being ironic. I love that segment. Uh, Buff Bagwell wants a raise. Sure he does. Uh, he apparently gets it. And I guess maybe it's next week. He'll, he'll no show Nitro. Good for him. Like immediately gets the raise. I oh, don't mind. Good for you. Scott Snyder's suspension has been shortened. We don't know how long. He'll probably be back next week. And I do have some additional clarity on the Tank Abbott pay-per-view match. Oh, tell me. So Tank Abbott went to Kevin Sullivan, who is the lead booker right now. Sullivan, my son. Exactly. He's the head of the um, Legion of Doom that resides in the Dungeon of Doom. No, he's head of the Dungeon of Doom. Which is in the Legion of Doom, which is on... I've forgotten all of the geography of that house. Yeah, you're not committed enough to this bit. I'm committed, but I need to draw it out. I need to remember. (laughs) Anyway... He goes to Kevin Sullivan. He's like, hey, in my match with Big Al, is it fine if I use a weapon? Oh, no. Kevin Sullivan, thinking he's talking about a chair or a table or whatever. He's like, yeah, it's totally fine. Tank Abbott, being a stupid fucking idiot, is like, cool, cool, I can use a knife. (laughs) Jesus. You meant real weapon. That's how that happened. Okay, so it's Kevin Sullivan's fault. No, it's Tank Abbott's fault. No, no, no. What I'm hearing is that it's production's fault. Do we know anything about, like, a potential return of Big Al or, like, a rematch? Like, it should be a no. Look, I don't know for certain, but I'd be willing to bet significant money that Big Al is done. I, that's a good thing. Yeah. This was a better show. It didn't start that way, but it, you know. We can probably power through the first half of this show and you won't miss anything. I mean, the whole show was a little bit kind of filler, but not egregious. Let's get into this episode. It is Monday Night Show Live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Twin Cities. And we immediately start with a video package that is very unfocused. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be like pushing a Sid and Tank Abbott match yeah, well, yeah. that was completely unannounced, unpushed. Yeah, it like opens with that, like like it's going to do that, but never actually says it. Yeah. And then it goes into a recap from the past week of like, all right, there's some NWO stuff. Then there's some thunder, and then we see Ralphus. See? So Ralphus was on this episode. And then on thunder, I guess, Jeff Jarrett hits Mickey J with a guitar. Yes. We then see a clip from earlier today where Sid arrives, as does Tank Abbott, 
And commentary confirms that that's our main event for tonight. Why? Where did this come from? I... Was this a Thunder thing that I missed? I don't think so. This feels really forced. Yeah, it definitely is random of like, they want Tank to be a big deal. So them suddenly being like, all right, he's either going to win the title or lose his streak feels kind of random. Yeah. Especially with, the, he wasn't on Nitro last week, so it's not. There's been no build. But the way they're presenting it is not like they're trying to bury him. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, so it's a weird thing. Like, they're trying to build up have this be a big deal. Like, they work hard to have that match be a big deal, but... It's just not. At the end of the day, Tank Abbott ain't winning the title, so it's like, all right, he's going to get his first loss here, and it's going to be curious to see what he does next week, but we'll talk about that more towards the end of the show. We then see a Mike Tanay interview with Jeff Jarrett. He says he doesn't care who wins tonight and guarantees a victory uncensored. Remember that. Woo! That he doesn't care... That the main event match is happening. Yeah, he says he doesn't care. Jeff Jarrett's a liar. Then get the opening pyro and Tony Schiavone and Mark Madden on commentary. Mark Madden, particularly annoying this week. I, I'm i trying to tune him out, man. I'm really trying not to listen to commentary, and I think so is Tony. <laughs> Tony Schiavone has a couple of cuts to uh, commentary where he's just like, but I don't know. This is just what we're doing now, okay? <laughs> it's very much the, like, leaning on the one elbow, like, Look, I'm here. You're here. Let's I'm here just enjoy for a paycheck, ourselves. man. Let's just get this money and leave. Well, let's go to into our first match. It's the Mamelukes with Disco Inferno, or he wants them. What does he want them to be called? The Paisans. Yes. Because Mamelukes implies that these are some idiots, but Paisans means friends. I don't know. I don't remember. I should know, but I don't know. Oh, you're not that Italian. Stop trying. They're facing Lane and Idol. It's Lenny and Lodi. I'm not I'm not buying into that bullshit. Backstage before the match, we see Lady and Idol turn down Lenny Miss Hancock. Lodi. Apparently, she's ruining their rat chasing. And then Stacy, very coyly, says off camera, time to teach these boys a lesson. That might as well have been the inflection that she gave. Like, homegirl has not learned how to act yet, has been given no direction. She was hired because legs. This Barbie's job is legs. We saw and Barbie. And she legs so good. Her job is beach? No, her job is legs. <laughs> okay. So we get the match, sloppy action to start, and then Lane Knight will do some pseudo Hardy stuff. We get a spin kick from John to the Bowl, and then Miss Hancock comes out to join commentary. Which is a shame because like this match wasn't that bad. I I have no the notes match is on over. this. One. Yeah. At this point, it's over. They tried doing a bit of commentary, being annoyed that Disco was there, but being thrilled that Miss Hancock was there. Yeah. And Mark Madden just comes off like such a prick that the whole bit comes off annoying. It does. Their whole thing was like. Managers shouldn't be on commentary. If you're ringside, you should not be on commentary. But then Miss Hancock comes out and like, oh, put her on commentary. Yeah. Get some double team action from the Mamelukes, but we're not focusing on the match. Yeah, the match is over. Double cross body and both men are down. Miss Hancock talks a little bit and then does the hit my music and gets up on the table. And she does her little booty dance again. She was less enthusiastic this week. I wonder if she's starting to get annoyed with what her character is. Yeah. She also was hiking the skirt down, so I wonder if she just felt a little more she, awkward this maybe, week. Maybe. Maybe she saw the footage from the last time she did this and was like, I don't like that. Let me keep that in check. Especially because Mark Madden is a fucking prick. Yeah. And all he's talking about is like, oh, the view from down here is pretty nice. Like, stop it. Referee Nick Patrick misses Idol getting a pin. Vito hits a Paisan plant and wins now that Nick Patrick's paying attention again. Vito then offers Stacy to dance in the ring with them, and 
She does, but they get a little too Night of the Roxbury without acknowledging it. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, they're on top of her in a weird, creepy way. It's very creepy. And I I hate that I'm like, someone save this. Oh, no, the Harris boys. Ah! It very much came off as Big Vito did not get to see Ms. Hancock dance while he was in the ring wrestling. So he's like, no, 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 dance for me now. I need to see this. So Which my exact crazy. note is the Nazis are here to bonk everyone. Bonk. There's a lot of bonking in this show. Di- that. For different reasons. This is the go to horny show. Yes. <laughs> the Harris boys grab a mic and want the title. And of course they do. In probably the funniest moment of the night. Oh my god. Yeah. The NWO music hits because the Harris boys have finished their beatdown. And they're in the NWO. But people so don't associate them with this. that The NWO music hits and Everyone turns to the ramp like, what's going to happen? Oh, right. These two are NWO. It even got me, though. Yeah, see? It got me. I was like, oh, who's coming? Like, no, it's their music. Yeah. Because they haven't been, like, coming to the ring with the NWO music. They've been coming with the Yeehaw music. Yeah. So it's not not something that is associated at all. I don't think it's that weird for it to have been a confusion. This was not a good start to the show. No. And um, it just gets better. We're going to get a little more of that. Tony Schiavone and Mark Madden check into camera. We get uh, a, a graphic for Sid Vicious versus Tank Abbott tonight. We get the same graphic a lot tonight where I guess they did this one graphic once where they were going to do a fade and they didn't clip it properly. So <laughs> it's just sloppily edited the entire night. Like it just hard cuts into a graphic they clearly meant to like do something fun with and like, nah, we don't yeah. have it, whatever. There's some other weird graphic stuff that happens throughout the night too. Yeah, and they... Show a graphic later saying, like, tonight is the night of championships. Yeah, Not night never, of champions, yeah, night of championships. Ships. They never say this on commentary before the graphic comes up, but as soon as the graphic comes up, now Tony Schiavone is calling it the night of championships. Yeah, because they also do Jeff Jarrett versus Vampiro for the U.S. title. They have an unadvertised cruiserweight title match. That was a tag team title match, and uh, Jim Duggan's title is apparently only for Saturday night. Of course. But I mean, like, that is a cool thing to advertise if you're going to go with that from the beginning. Like, yeah, this is the night of championships. We have a lot on the line tonight. That's a good thing to get people to watch and pay attention. But like, they just said, fuck off. Despite being on Thunder, Kevin Nash is not here. He's being examined by doctors. Of course. Clearly, creative is like, no, your bits are good for Thunder. We're not letting you do it on Nitro. Sting is here, but Mark Madden's like, no, he's not. Cool. I'm glad I'm going to stick around then. Yeah. Why would you watch? We didn't see a clip of the kid cam, which is still stolen. Okay, but it it is, but it isn't. So, like, apparently before this segment, they had found their kid cam, but then they lost it again. And then after this one, they have lost it. They found it and then lost it again. Oh, I missed that. There's a lot of finding it and losing it. Apparently, like, if I was listening to the commentary of Kidman and Tori Wright, after last week, they found the cam, which is why it is now here in this arena but they lost it again as soon as they got here. And now we have this footage of Buff Wagwell chatting up Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. He's getting his flirt on. He's trying to shoot his shot. He's shooting a shot. He's fucking spraying because he's just trying everybody, it seems like, right now. Hey, shoot your shot, man. But obviously she says no to him. Lindsay, Lex, Liz, and Flair laughing at the previous footage, which was just weird to see it's Liz good. in the one shot. and it's then confusing. In the, yeah. the timing of it is really confusing. Like, did this happen just now or did this happen last night? When did this I think happen? it might have been a thing like earlier tonight. But yeah, it was Maybe. weird to see Liz in both clips. But yeah, so they're yeah. laughing at Buff. But then Lex gets like upset. He gets mad. It, it starts with laughter and then it's like, no, let's fuck this guy up. Admittedly. 
I don't know what it says about the writing, but I appreciate that Lex didn't get mad at Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. He got mad at Buff. It's like, no, why are you hitting on my girl? That's true. It wasn't Liz like, what the fuck are you doing talking to him, huh? Well, if uh, if a uh, Mr. Savage was still around, I think that's how the storyline would have gone. Mm. Actually, I'm we... not even meaning that in a um, in a domestic dispute sort of thing. Like, that's actually how that would have been written. Well, ironically, I think we see him tonight, but not like that. No, just in the Slim Jim ad. Yeah. We then see a clip of Bam Bam Bigelow getting interviewed about tonight's main event in a spot they do a couple times. He picks Sid to win. Yeah, like most smart people man. pick Sid to win. Like, who the fuck is picking Tank? I think they kind of do 50-50. Are they, are they trying to go for 50-50? I think so, yeah. Because I think they, if they do five and one person's like, could be anybody. <laughs> I'm like, all right, good. Good interview, bud. Oh, yeah. It was like Mang or something. Yeah. We then go to somebody we have not seen in a long fucking time. For good and, reason. Yeah. Ricky Rackman's back. I don't need to see this man or his stupid gelled hair. Doesn't matter what university he's at trying to hype up spring break. He's here at the Ohio State University. The Ohio State. The Buckeye Cafe. But he's here to hype up spring breakout because I guess we're doing that again. Why? And we were both convinced that they had a really small turnout and had to like really use tight edits to make it. Oh my a- God. Yeah. Because all of the shots they used in the Buckeye Cafe in this segment and the following ones are very close up and very tight. It didn't help. They didn't advertise this at all. No. They have a marketing problem. So he says the Nitro Girls and Disco Inferno are here, which threw us off because they didn't say that this was on Saturday. Yeah, because we like just saw Disco. Like, like, wait, what? How the fuck is he? How's he already there? So yeah, apparently all the footage at the Buckeye Cafe happened on the Saturday before this. Yeah, which also doesn't help because the end is like, let's see some clips from like what just I guess is currently happening and happens in the future. And I it's like, what? I have no idea. But this did look pretty lame, it honestly. It was very lame. Speaking of lame. We get, oh my god. We get Hulk Hogan, brother. This fucking promo. Honestly, I'm going to just play this. Because it's one that I'm like, you know what? It's better to experience it than have us tell you about it. You know something, Ric Flair? After the sacrifice in Sacramento, brother, I realized how far we've taken this thing, brother. As I was in that slow rolling coffin on the way to the emergency room, as I waited for each bated breath coming out of Jimmy Hart's body that I thought might be his last, I glazed down into his eyes, Ric Flair. Yes, Jimmy Hart was muttering, was stammering, trying to get the words out. I finally understood one word coming out of his mouth. Ric Flair, the steel cage wasn't the answer, brother, to our problems. The thousands of Hulkamaniacs that I had to strap back to keep off your back, Jack, wasn't the answer to the problems. But when I heard Jimmy Hart on the way to the emergency room in that slow rolling coffin muttered the words, Yappa Pie, brother, I knew the answer to the problem, Ric Flair. The Yappa Pie Indian strap match, Jack. That's what Jimmy Hart was calling for, brother. And now that I know with the powers to be watching my back, I can box you in contractually. I can corner you in, brother. And if we are bonded together with the leather man, if we are bonded together with no one in our way, as I strap that flesh, as your flesh bubbles and burns over your whole body, you will understand, my man, what the Yappa Pie mean by the Indian strap match flare. I'm calling your bluff, man. I'm the greatest wrestler of all times. And when I strap my wrist to yours, brother, the transformation 
as my eyes roll in the back of my head, as the smoke comes out of my nose, the leather will be your last lifeline to the professional wrestling world, brother. I will beat you within an inch of your life and in the Yappa Pie Indian strap match, Ric Flair. I will prove that you will bow down to me for an eternity, brother. So do you remember that guy last week that had the sign that said, what decade is this? Yes. I feel that in my bones after this. It's the Yappa Pie strap, brother. This screams 70s wrestling. This is so stupid. It's culturally appropriative. It's old fuckers that were famous in the 70s. And it's a it's a a gimmicked match. What? Why are we doing this? Did you catch him being like Jimmy Hart on his deathbed, brother? He's talking about how Jimmy Hart almost died. I don't think that's what happened. No, listen. It's like through bated breath, he told me, get the yappa pie strap. What? It was like almost erotic in the way that he was talking about it. Like the way that he's going to use the strap on Flair was almost like a sexual promise. It felt very erotic, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why this appears on like Botchamania. <laughs> that's how you're just being weird. Because it's called Yappa Pie. Because, like, what the fuck is that? Is this, like, an actual thing from Native American culture? Or are they just trying to be weirdly appropriative? I'm going with the latter, but I I have been wrong before. So, yeah. Yappa Pie strap. There's going to be a Yappa Pie strap match at Uncensored. You excited? No. Why would I care? We didn't get teased something awful. Mean Gene is in the ring to interview Ric Flair. Woo! We were ready for it. We, we wanted got it. No mean Wuji. And then he came out in a leather jacket and you're like, he's not gonna do it. <laughs> he didn't. If he comes out looking serious and he's not in the sparkle robe, he's not doing the mean or a suit. Or, or a, suit. a suit. You're right. If he comes out in street clothes, he's not doing it. Well, he also came out with Lex Luger and, and Elizabeth, and I'm like, Yeah, mm. there's no way he was doing it. Flair calls out Hogan and yells at somebody pointing out which camera to talk to. He's like, I'm Ric Flair, I know who to talk to. <laughs> Which, like, but you you were talking to the wrong camera, Richard. <laughs> Luger calls out Sting for no showing, and in he a point, a coward. Yeah, it was like, yeah, you didn't help last week. You weren't here, and like, it didn't help that nothing Luger said was like out of line. I'm no. like, no, yeah, he's you're correct. Luger's right. I hate when the heels make sense. Luger then calls out Buff Bagwell for getting fresh with his girl. You think you're the stuff? Tonight you're gonna get snuffed. <laughs> Challenge him to a match later tonight. And then uh, Lex Luger starts insulting Minnesota. So who's here to defend Minnesota? None other than Kurt Hennig. Why? Like, I get you're from Minnesota or something, but like, I guess. Yeah, this was random in storyline. Because I'm trying to think of the last time we actually saw Hennig. It's been a minute. I want to say last time he was with the powers to be, but I probably remember he might have had a random like, oh, he's a face this week. And then... I could not tell you the last time we saw Kurt Henning, but I also have, like, I don't know. I I guess, like, object permanence when it comes to Kurt Henning, where I just don't think about him when he's not on the screen. Yeah, you were convinced that I, I was like, yep, yeah, we never see Kurt Henning again. I was, I was, like, 90% sure you said that on this podcast, and I was, like, calling you up, like, ah, you're really fucking bad at that thing. You're bad at that game. We should stop doing that game. And I'm like, you no, I, I, you didn't, I know he feuds with Sean Stasiak, who hasn't even appeared on fucking Nitro yet. I don't know, man. We did see him do a loser hang, hangs up their boots match. So maybe you're getting worked. No, no. Because I remember that match. And I called the gimmick out of that match before it even happened. Well, to be fair, they actually did 
at least do a fake retirement and not a weird like if they're on the wall, eh? Eh? So yeah, um Kurt Hennig's here to defend the women of Minnesota. Sure. He should talks Lex and challenges Ric Flair to a match. And then tells Flair to show everyone his puppies. I did not get that, but apparently this was an egregious insult because Flair took this as like, how dare you? What was he what is he talking about? I figured that was gonna be I figured that was a joke on that Flair is just constantly taking his clothes off mid promo, but like the fact that I got taken to such an insult, I'm like, what am I missing? Exactly. I was like, what did, what did, what did you do? And then in a note to uh, keep in mind, Hennig says that if he loses to Ric Flair, I guess not tonight. He said next week I'll strip naked down yeah, this street. Yeah, he's going to streak down some local street. Yeah. So do you want to see Kerr Hennig's dick? Time travel. <laughs> so we have a match for later night. Ric Flair versus Kurt Hennig. Yay. I like Kurt Hennig more than you do. So I know you do. He's just such a nothing burger to me. He is, like, I know you're like, oh, he's Mr. Perfect. He's so creator wrestler. He's nothing. Like, what is special about him? Outside of the, like, West Texas Rednecks, who is he? To me, he's incredibly talented. I haven't seen it. Maybe as Mr. Perfect, he's better, but I just don't see it here. Admittedly, I have a hard time spitting out gum without doing the Mr. Perfect spit and flick. When was the last time you chewed gum? <laughs> we get Mike today interviewing Booker. We see a clip from Thunder of Booker and Kidman were tagging out to face the Harris boys, and Booker's a bit annoyed with Kidman due to missing a tag or something. Some lazy excuse for a match. Oh, this is why I don't remember this interview. <laughs> Booker says he's not sure who, like, booked or requested this match, but it's like, no, you know what? I'm not a Kidman. Let's just, like, work this out. All we we got to do one. We, this doesn't need to be a whole thing. And I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. I got excited, but I Idiot. knew. I knew. No, but I knew. It was like, mm. Have you not learned? Maybe you do we'll- not let your heart win. You give your heart a break. We got a Randy Savage Slim Jim ad. Snap into a Slim Jim, motherfucker. Back from commercial, Tony Schiavone is taking a phone call and Mark Madden's just being a little prick about it. Although, then again, Tony Schiavone is taking a call live on air and he's like, all right, um, officially, Sting will be here tonight. Mark Madden's like, no, he won't. I don't believe you. You weren't on the phone, fucking. You're just jealous that no one's calling you. You probably don't have any friends because you're a prick, Mark. No, how about this? Maybe when someone's advertising one of your top stars is going to fucking be here, don't put doubt in the audience's mind that he's not going to fucking show up. Mark Madden was hired on as the heel commentator. He took it too far. He doesn't know when to turn off the dick side of being a heel because there is a nuance of being a heel commentator. He does not get that nuance. All right, Emily, I have a um, I have a real Sophie's Choice for you here. Oh, no. It's probably not. You either have Mark Madden as the Hill commentator, or you have Oklahoma as the Hill commentator for the whole show. Mark Madden. Oh, okay. Easy. I, mean, I don't know, because I'm like, all right, there's enough matches where Oklahoma's unaffiliated where he might be Oklahoma fine. Oklahoma is, like, too shrill to tune out. His voice is a lot harder to tune out. Mark Madden, he can, like, blend in. Emily, do you know what a trap game is? No. So it's a thing in sports where if you're a very good team and you're about to face a bad team. Yes. Sometimes you'll lose because you're like, you take it for granted. Like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then you end up losing because you like weren't focused enough. Okay. Up next, we have a trap match. Because I'm like, Booker versus Kidman. Oh, this I is going to be great. <laughs> Nothing bad could ever happen Stop during this. getting excited. When no. will you fucking learn, you dummy? No, admittedly. I didn't get myself excited because I, I knew better. I'm You're like, my husband now. I need you to get your shit together. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, we should note that um, 
we're not sure when we're actually releasing the other one in terms of time of day. This we're a hundred percent married at this point. Whoa. We are wine drunk as fuck Hell right now. Yeah, well, not currently. Like I'm drinking water with electrolytes in it. Well, I'm saying when you listen to this. When you're listening to this, we are wine drunk in Napa Valley. We're having a great time. No matter when you listen to this, we are wine drunk in Napa <laughs> Valley. So Booker comes out with a new song and entrance. It's like, oh, okay. I, I don't know how I feel about the new music. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's not great, it, but it's not the Leave it to Beaver bullshit. It's not Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse, that's for sure. Did you catch Mark Madden's note on the entrance? Again, tuning him out. This is fitting, because Booker's a real like heavy metal biker. What? I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm like, Since what? The, when? Like, what the fuck are you heavy talking about? Heavy metal? Heavy metal biker is what he said. Uh, that doesn't even adhere to a stereotype. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm like, Mark, you're so far off. That, no. For this match, pretty cordial start. Arm drag, back suplex, back elbow. And we get a reverse Hurricane Rana from Kidman and then a scissor kick to him. And we get the Harris Boys coming in. Oh, of course. We can't have anything nice. I wish I cared. Nice road. Harris Boys type Booker. Yep. <laughs> H-bomb to both men as Tori gets knocked off the apron oh, on one no. of the attempts. Do you have any final notes on this? I- wish that they were doing something that I gave a shit about. Oh, this is two weeks in a row that Kidman is just like, nope, you don't get a real match. Easy day of work for him. I don't really know what they're doing with the Harris Boys right now, admittedly. Yeah, I don't think the Harris Boys know what they're doing with the Harris Boys. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're getting a paycheck, so. Yeah. Then we get Gene interviewing Harlem Heat to cut the same fucking promo they did last week. It's like, that's what happens when you have anybody watching your back. And then they, like, have some sort of phrase where, like, oh, you know what Mama always said? A hard head. Makes a soft ass? Well, it doesn't help that it's like, you know what Mama always said? A hard head. Wait for Gene to casually move over to Big T. Makes a soft ass. Mama like, said something so about a soft I'm like, what? Awkward. Yeah. She, Big, by the way, Big T is wearing the pink underneath his all black. But, but it's but, not um, the jammies. Yeah. Jay Biggs no longer wearing the crutches or anything. No, he's fully healed. It's a miracle. But yeah, this was just a repetitive promo and... I need, Again, who would care? I need Booker to get away from these people. Just like these four guys in a vacuum, who could care about these guys? They're not doing anything interesting. They're not doing anything, period. Their promos are not exciting. Who could care? I don't know who you'd have Sid face, but like, for the love of God, do Jared and Booker for the U.S. title mm-hmm. and just have Booker win. Yeah. Like, we'll get to... Just get um, over it. Yeah, just like, get we'll done. Get, We'll get to Jared in a little bit, but, like, Jared can work a match. Yes, he can. It's just he the gets, character of Jeff yeah, Jarrett. Yeah, he gets that's, put in, like, stupid gimmicks. Or maybe he's giving himself this characterization. It's terrible. We didn't see Lash LaRue getting interviewed about the main event. He picks Sid. Cool. We see clips from an Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, workout. Bodybuilding Bodybuilding classic. I don't know why I we're seeing this. So I kept waiting for like Lex Luger to show up or something in that package, and he just doesn't. There was no tie-in to professional wrestling. No, this isn't this isn't the uh, WBF. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, th- we just see some dude with massive arms. That cannot be real. I mean, it's real, but I mean, I can't. Admittedly, be natural. Be- because there was no tie-in, it's just like, hey, look at this guy that's way more buff than your roster. That's it. It was really bizarre, including. As you said, Lex Luger, whose whole thing is, I'm look how built this dude is. Yeah. And it's like, hey, here's somebody more built. Oh, he's not on a contract. He's just... He's just big. Yeah, anyway. I don't get it. Then you get Gene interviewing Norman Smiley, wearing a Randy Moss jersey. Says he has an issue with Dustin Rhodes for basically being a dick to Terry Funk. Yeah. 
And he says that tonight, instead of screaming Norman Smiley, Dustin Rhodes will be doing the screaming. I did kind of like the premise for this. Oh yeah, no, like, it was a it was a good, solid yeah, little little quick, quick promo set up the match. Uh, yeah, I thought this was effective. Yeah, I like this. Like, I have to speak up when something is wrong, and what happened last week was wrong. Yeah, Norman Smiley, efficient. We love this guy. We stand. Part of me is to be sad to go back and listen to early episodes of being like, oh, fucking Norman Smiley. I know. Here. We turned so hard on him. Speaking of people that you've you've turned on, I guess it I guess in, in a positive way. We then can do it a three count versus oh, Brian Nobbs. I was always team three count. So Brian Nobbs comes out, and I don't know what the match was going to be, but Evan Craig just got, grabs a mic and is like, "What if we make this a handicap match for the hardcore title?" Brian Nobbs is like, "Yeah, I'm fucking stupid. I'll do that." <laughs> yeah, okay. He actually says something like, "Yeah, you know, I might be a little dumb, but sure." Okay. <laughs> and this is the first instance I want to say of the Night of Championships graphic. Oh, is it really this far in? I think so. Oh shit! And Emily, do you want to describe this match? Okay, the whole I can give you. I only took two notes in this. It's for the hardcore title, and then I did a sentence wrap up of the whole match. Are you okay with me talking about the winner? <laughs> okay, I feel like I can describe this a little cleaner. After many bonks and a question of why we're watching this, three counter now the hardcore champions. I'll go in a little more detail, <laughs> but not much. Uh, lots of bonking early. It's just bonking. <laughs> Nob signals for Pity City to Shannon Moore. Nob says chair shots at three count and grabs a crutch, but that doesn't play play into anything. <laughs> Powerbomb through a table to Evan Courageous. We got and, some more um, sound, sound Yeah, effects. I don't even know what how they got here, but they dogpile pin Nobs and three count are now the hardcore champions. Lots of bonking. Lots of sticks. Lots of tables. It's over. I don't know, man. What it was fun. Was it was fun. I didn't Why mind it. Why are we watching this? I didn't mind this one. Cause the amount of... Because it was just bonking. It was just trash can shots. It brings me joy. Like, no I, I have no to find, psychology. I have to find joy where I can find it. Yeah. There was joy here. But we decided that there's bonk for trash can shots. Stick for stick shots. I was saying thwack. You said thwack. I like stick. Because a stick can be anything. That's also a chair. Yeah. Going um, through a table is skadoosh. Skadoosh. Yeah, because a stick can be like a kendo stick. It can be a chair. It can be the symbols. It just... I was I was going to say chair might, might be good for like a clang. Whatever. It makes the hardcore division a lot more fun. If we were to do video episodes, it's just going to be like, like 60s Batman style. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I like that. So we now have three hardcore champions. That's not going to get confusing. I'm, I have a feeling they're going to lose it pretty quick. Yeah. If not on Thunder. I don't think that's for the title, but we'll see. We'll see. Backstage, Vampiro talks to himself... I don't know if he knows he's on camera in kayfabe here. I don't know either, but he's going for like a sting thing. Yeah, he's like he's like trying to like motivate himself. Mm. Somewhere, some lads are rooting for Sid. Cool. In terms of the main event, like hey, lads, 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 Sid, lads, Sid, lads. Sid, Sid. Oh, Wait. that was still that was back at the Buckeye Cafe. Was that? Yeah. I thought that was outside. That was supposed to be back at the Buckeye Cafe. Which okay, makes because even more confusing. I thought I the saw these guys the earlier when they showed the clip of Tank arriving. No. Anyway. Mean Gene is interviewing Brian Nobbs and Finley. I guess these two are like fully back together. I can't fucking keep track of it. Nobbs wants a rematch. And Finley challenges three count to a six man tag on Thunder. Six man? Who's your third man? Uh, we're going to unleash the dog. See, I read that as it's Rick Steiner's return. That's not a bad guess. No. It's not that. I did, I did look and I'm like, who the fuck is this? Al Green. Who the fuck is Al Green? I think he's the guy who's Kevin Ash's former tag team partner for the Master Blasters. He's just a lad. 
Okay, the fact... But now going by the dog. The fact that Kevin Nash was in the Master Blasters, that furthers my theory that the Master Blasters never existed and it's a parody tag team. This never existed. Well, You're gaslighting me. It's like Oz or Vinny Vegas. You're gaslighting me. No, no one had a team called the Master Blasters. This is fake. Emily, we saw the Master Blasters. I don't believe back. you. I'm pretty sure you're gaslighting me. We have an episode called Return of the Master Blasters. We, we may be married, but we can still get divorced. Oh, God, wait until you know that Kane was the Christmas creature. See, Kane stuff doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Kane has done so many stupid things, but Kevin Nash is a little fucker. We know this. This is known. <laughs> he would come up with a fake faction and just like play it off like, yeah, this is my tag team. We're the Master Blasters. Like, yeah. Like That sounds very, like exactly what Kevin Nash would do. Very much in the style of, there was a tournament in Rio de Janeiro when Pat Patterson's at the IC title. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. God, uh, let's go to our next match. It's Norman Smiley versus Dustin Rhodes, who has shaved his head since last week. Dustin has a new theme that I couldn't tell if this was an instrumental version of The Natural or not, but it didn't quite sound like it, but I only know that song so well. Wait, Al Green's real name is Alfred DiBallo. What a fucking name. So Kevin Nash has, has you know, thinks he's Commissioner Gordon. And it's calling Alfred, and they don't bring an Al Green on this? Come on. That, that would have been excellent. Damn. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't hear anything you just said. <laughs> Does Norman, it matter? Norman Smiley and Dustin. Cool. Don't call him Dustin. Dustin rakes the eyes to start, and then we get a wiggle to him, and then Norman Smiley throws Dustin Rose to the floor. Honestly, Norman was not here to fuck around in this match. No. He, like, was taking this really seriously. He did look a little more rigid with the pads this week for whatever reason. Which is weird, because he's definitely worked matches in pads like that before. We get a big right hand to Norman back in the ring, and uh, Tony Schiavone then announces Terry Funk versus Dustin Rhodes for the pay-per-view. I don't think I want to see that match. They're like, uh, we haven't figured out a stipulation yet, but... Don't worry, it'll come. <laughs> no, it's a gimmick match, brother. Give me something. Norman does the big wiggle, but then walks into a clothesline from Dustin Rhodes. Dustin throws Norman around ringside, and back inside, we get a diving clothesline from Dustin for the win. Kind of a weird spot. Like, oh, that's it? Yeah. And then he just, like, destroys Norman with the football helmet. Yeah, Dustin attacks Norman after the bell, going full Miles Garrett, and uh, Doug Dillinger stops the beatdown and is like, all right, leave, and that's it for the match. The end. I wish that it was a better ending. It was kind of a flat finish. Um, this wasn't anything too special, but like, did help put over Dustin Rhodes as like, nope, I'm a, a new aggressive asshole. Yeah. Like, it was effective in that regard, you know, not terribly exciting, but... Considering you had him heel turn last week, and like it, 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 he was more aggressive here, so credit yeah. to him. And he used, you know, somebody that everybody likes, Norman. So true, effective, yeah, I guess I'll give effective him segment that. here. I'll give him that. We didn't see Nick Patrick getting interviewed for the main event, and he picks Tank Abbott because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> ah, that's how they got their split. They interviewed <laughs> stupid people. That being said. Sp- Spoiler. Kidman yeah. does vote for Tank, but his reasoning is good. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, did you forget that they No, I did it? not forget, but his reasoning is actually sound. Ooh, let's go to our third title match of the night. It is the chosen one, Jeff Jarrett versus Vampiro. Jeff Jarrett comes down to the ring with a whole bunch of ladies. Not the Harris boys. The Harris boys are not with him. The, he brings the ladies down all the way to ringside and then turns around and just like kind of aggressively tells them to go backstage. I don't like when he does this because like if I were those girls, I got all dressed up. I put my makeup on. I'm wearing heels. I did that treacherous walk down that ramp that we know girls have fucked themselves up on. And then he's going to send me right back. I don't even get to get to ringside. Like I'm not doing that walk twice, man. No. Oh, I did accidentally skip over uh, Gene interviewing Jared earlier. 
Jared earlier was saying he's annoyed that Tangab is getting a title shot. And I'm like, you fucking you- said! I think that one's also where Gene is like, ladies, good to see you back on your feet. I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't know what that means. They were having sex. They were on their backs, was the joke. I got the joke, but we never saw them in no. that position. So it was just like... Kind of slut shamey. I didn't like it. Yeah, because Jared's also annoyed about having to defend his title in this match. And I'm like, but you like barely ever defend your U.S. title. People forget you have it. So we were really hoping that Vampiro was going to win it here just to get some life into that title. Honestly, yeah. I mean, at first when this match started, I did not give two shits. I don't like watching Jeff Jarrett. And I, Vampiro is only, I thought, good when carried by Kidman. Vampiro is getting a bit of a push here. He like really on, th- on Thunder, he wrestled Ric Flair. And here's he a U.S. title shot. Yeah. Yeah, they're really doing something with Vampiro. Apparently, Jeff Jarrett in kayfabe is getting fined $10,000 per per guitar shot. No, he's not. In kayfabe. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like that man has racked up quite a bill. Never drew a dime. <laughs> Get some chain wrestling to start. Spin kick from Vampiro, but he, then he misses a dive. Honestly, it started out with really good energy. Yeah. Vampiro rolls through a diving crossbody in a spot that you really liked. I mean, oh, yeah. It was like. I, like, this was a spot that, like, kind of got me to sit up. Like, okay, I'm watching. I'm listening. I gave me, like, a little bit of life. At this point, I was ready to be like, I fucking quit. Jared hits a pop-up powerbomb and then tries for a monkey flip. Va- va- but But Vampiro lands on his feet, but turns around into a clothesline from Jared. We then get the patented Jared sleeper, but Vampiro counters and locks one into Jeff Jarrett. Shit, buddy. Jared gets out, but Vampiro hits a urinagi and, uh, in a weird spot, we get an aloha Jarrett, but it's denied by Nick Patrick Kicking Jared's hands off the road. Kicked him? What the fuck was that? I have never seen a referee do that. And on commentary, they were trying to justify it. Like, oh, sometimes they're not listening. We have seen it. But commentary was like, oh, sometimes if the wrestlers aren't listening, the referees just kind of have to do what they got to do. I'm like, I have never seen this. We have seen it on the podcast. When? I don't know, but I did. I have never seen a referee do that. We didn't get a nail in the coffin, but the referee is distracted by the Harris boys coming out to interfere. Sid makes the save, but Vampiro gets hit in the head with the U.S. title by Jeff Jarrett. Little bit of a delayed count, but Vampiro kicks out of yes. the title belt shot. Like, oh, this shit. is where I was like, oh shit, he's going to win it. Oh god, oh we got we got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Well, it didn't help that um, it was a two count, but the bell still rings. Yeah, which you said was a fuck up by the ring guy. I can see that being a kayfabe thing where the ring guy is like on team Jarrett and is like screwy with him. Like I can see that being turned into a kayfabe thing but mvp nick patrick is like uh uh-uh, uh two uh-uh it was a two sir mvp nick patrick not actually but yeah. contender vampiro misses a diving leg drop then we get the stroke to vampiro and jeff jarrett gets the pin which i was so upset by because i was like even when i know did the you, stroke, I was you like, got so invested i was, I was like, like oh kick out oh kick out damn it you like went full jim ross you're like oh that son of a bitch I was I was so unexpectedly invested in this match. Like Vampiro really surprised me. Yeah. Even, honestly, Jeff Jarrett surprised me. This was a really good back and forth match. There were a lot of moments where I didn't know what was going to happen next. I didn't know who there there was no clear winner from the beginning. It was really exciting. Yeah, it's like when Jeff Jarrett isn't pushed above his station, it's like, oh wow, he's good. He can actually wrestle really well. The like, problem this was is great. he's just being put in a spot that's above what he should be doing right now i agree like he would be amazing in the cruiserweight division like he would do he's a little so too heavy for well that. but i can like i can see him thinning down and like being there because he's not that far off body stature wise he's not that far off 
But I can see him like being the head of the cruiserweight division and going head to head with like people like Kidman. I would love to see him versus Kidman. I, I don't know that he needs to be the cruiserweight. It's like have him be the head of the U.S. title scene. Like he is the current team. champion oh of. My God, you know what and have him face match? Kidman and Booker and yeah, everybody. You know it would be a great match? I don't know if this actually has ever happened. Jeff Jarrett versus Eddie Guerrero. Ooh. That would be awesome. I I don't think that ever happened. We haven't seen it, obviously. Uh, yeah. It, it's a weird thing. of Jarrett jumps back and forth between companies enough. and They might have just missed each other. Yeah, admittedly, because Eddie becomes Eddie later on, quite, I don't think he's quite there as much. Where, I mean, yeah, but he's in that category of, like, you put him in there with somebody, he could put on a great match. Like, yeah. you know, him and Owen Hart being a tag team, it's like, oh. yeah, they were great. I did not know they were a tag team. This was an amazing match. And Jeff Jarrett yeah. has really shown me that he has a lot of potential to be, like, in my stable. Like, I think he's he would never be a boy. <laughs> but he could be one of, like, my boys. There's no rules in my stable. Come join. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's not a boy. He's nobody's boy. There are no rules in my stable. I do not discriminate. I know. I really think about how big your stable's growing. My stable's quite large. You have it's, a ranch. Yeah. And it's on the same property as the Dungeon of Doom. It's I'm moving right. on. <laughs> Backstage, the Mamelukes give something to a guy to uh, deliver to the Harris boys. He like slips I, him a 20. He's like, make I, sure it's from us. Like, I saw him on Thunder, too. I'm sure he's somebody important, but I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. He just seemed like a backstage hand. <sighs> a crowd somewhere is hyped up to care about the main event. It's back at the cafe. I thought this was outside again. No. This in, is back they're, with they're in at daylight. the cafe. I think you're thinking people outside are at I Ohio State. I think so. Because then we go to an Ohio State recap from Saturday, where they actually say it's Saturday. And in a bit of a break of continuity, because they say the opposite later on, Ricky Rackman's like, yeah, three counts here. They pull a bunch of chicks. Yeah, he says something like, "You got whenever you do a big event, you got to make sure three counts there because nobody pulls more ladies than three count. And then the next time when he's like, yeah, wow, no one likes three count. But like this is this doesn't make any sense because do you remember a couple weeks ago when we had that segment of three count at the like meet and greet thing? Yeah. And nobody was at their booth. So, like, are they a big deal or are they not? And even fucking Mark Madden was like, oh, yeah, they performed at the Grammys. Like, are they big or not? Yeah, they can't decide. They have a CD. We know that. During the commercial break, Finley attacked Vampiro. And I'm like, oh, well. I thought Why? You were, I thought you were getting a push, buddy. I guess not. It didn't make any sense. We then get the Nitro Girls. So much better than last week. They were on their shit. They looked so good. And then fucking David comes out and makes a mockery out of all of it. But... Three of those girls do not let David mess up their steps. Three of them just like stop dancing. They're like, what's Spice going on? Spice is one of them. I think that they were supposed to stop. But the three girls that didn't stop dancing, like I'm giving them props for professionalism. Like do not let anybody distract you. Do your job. Do your dance and finish what you came there to do. So Daphne comes out with a crowbar going, what the fuck are you doing? And David's like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, it wasn't me, Beef. I love you. Sowing the seeds here of a, a breakup. <laughs> I don't know. What if Daphne leaves him for Crowbar? Power couple. I don't think that happens. <laughs> I would leave David for, for Crowbar. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be with David I to start with. I love so. Crowbar. Unironically, I love Crowbar. Well, relatedly, Crowbar's on commentary for yes. our next match. Thank God. I love him so much. Give this man all of the awards. David Flair with Daphne versus the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea with Paisley Daphne. for the Cruiserweight title. I'm like, is David a Cruiserweight? Yeah, he's in the Cruiserweight team. It's <laughs> the first time he's been in the scene, but sure. That's not true. I think so. He's also not, like, out of the body. Like. Yeah, the body type's always kind of weird because yeah. like, he's taller, but he's skinny. So Yeah. David slaps the artist as, as Daphne screeches. Oh, my God. 
We get a very sloppy angle slam from the artist, and uh, Crowbar stops the artist's finisher for a close to angle slam. Yeah, you cannot call it an angle slam. What do you want me to call the move that becomes the angle slam? Not an angle slam. It's not the right company. Kurt Angle is not here. Fine. The artist hits an Olympic slam. No, (laughs) Nicholas. What do you want to call the move? A slam. Uh, Crowbar stops the artist's finisher for a close two. Then we get uh, a cat fight at ringside. Artist hits his finisher and wins anyway. And Crowbar carries Daphne away. Was it even a match? This was not a match. No. This was just an excuse to get Crowbar on commentary. And and I'll take it. He wasn't even there long enough. I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get of Crowbar on commentary. Because even Tony Schiavone was like, in, like invested with what Crowbar was saying, and he was like, "Yeah, just keep talking." <laughs> yeah, man. Tony was like, I, "Give me it. a break, all right, go ahead." <laughs> they were both like, "This man's good. He knows what he's doing." Like, yeah, hire him. Get Mark the fuck off of there, and give me Crowbar. We go backstage. We see a broken guitar, and uh, Arn Anderson somewhere is happy because Sid is getting oxygen. Thank God. How hard did he have to get hit with a guitar to need an oxygen mask? I don't know. Like, he's being fully medically treated. All we can see is that he got hit by a guitar. By the way, speaking of Arn, can we acknowledge that um, in terms of Terry Funk and Ric Flair, Arn Anderson didn't do shit in that feud. No, he did not. Yeah, they were, like, teasing, like, oh, he's going to do something. No. It does kind of confuse me that Arn just kind of, like, wasn't part of that feud. And, like, now he's, like, back with David and they're, like... Friendly, like well, I can't fucking tell what Arn is doing in like we saw him. David. He was in the locker room with David and last Flair week, yeah. last week, yeah. And then nothing, no follow. But like, yeah, I, I just don't know. And Terry Funk's on a new shit now, so I'm like, what? What's, it, exactly. Yeah. I'm very confused with Arn's whole relationship with what's going on. Part of me wonders, what do they think like, oh, we can get him cleared? And he's like, no, I've already got my insurance payout, so no. Yeah, fuck you, got mine. <laughs> Elsewhere backstage, Jeff Jarrett and the Harris Boys are given a dead fish. Got him. Why Wait. is this so egregious? What? Is this like a Italian? Offense? Yeah, it's a Godfather thing. Oh, okay. Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Sleeping with oh, the fishes. Tony Schiavone has to explain the fucking joke to Mark Madden in one of the upcoming segments. He's like, "No, you fucking idiot! It's the Godfather. Have you seen the movie?" It's like, oh, I Jesus. missed that. I missed that. God, I'm really starting to love Tony Schiavone. Yeah. I like. I <laughs> Tony like Schiavone not giving a shit s- is really great. I like wrestlers when they stop giving a shit. I think I'm learning that when you start like just being, you know. Fuck you. That's when I like you more. Mean Gene is backstage. Says that Sid isn't cleared for the main event. And Sid's here to shout, but he gets very woozy. (laughs) This is so confusing because Gene is like, there's no way Sid can wrestle. And Sid comes out, I can wrestle. Whoa. He says he'll see Jeff Jarrett uncensored. And he'll see Tank Abbott in hell. (laughs) That's a good line. And you're like, so there's not a match tonight? (laughs) Exactly. He didn't say Un- until I, unless I'm mistaken, the main event is not hell. Uh, yeah, at that point, I had no idea if there was or was not a match. Tony Schiavone then immediately goes after. Oh, we have a main event. I guess we still got a main event. All right, it's a hell in a cell. We can get the cat coming out in his leopard print and cape. Oh my god, he's wearing a leopard bucket hat that he has pulled down so low over his eyes. I can't see the the top half of his face, and there's no way that he can see the audience. I never see his eyes. God, it keeps feeling like we're winding down, but I still have a bunch of notes. He heals in the crowd in his usual style and says that people are sucking up to him a little more now because he's actually friends with James Brown. To which he throws a clip to be like, no, see, I am friends with him. The the clip from last week. Look, I know none of you bought Super Brawl, so here's the clip again because I know you won't believe me if I just say it. No, no, I actually did have James Brown. You just didn't pay for the, the pay-per-view. 
So he's going to dance again, but he's interrupted by the maestro with Symphony for a match. Symphony has a boombox coming out to the ring with her. Yeah. And so it took us a second to figure out what she was playing on it because she puts it in the ring and she plays a song. Or is that during the match? Was that before the match or during the match? I think it's meant to be all of it, but it really is not a focus until like the finish of this match. Neither here nor there. She's playing a song on the boombox and we can't figure out what the song is until the chorus. Oh no, no. It's it's different songs. The song changes. Oh, did it change? When they want to do this joke because I thought we just never heard anything yeah. other than the chorus of the three counts beautiful. Yeah, because this is a heel versus heel match, so no one cares. Cat dominates early and then even though he's blindsided to start and then yeah, the boombox is playing one song and then starts playing three count. And even commentary is like, is that three count? Yeah. And then Maestro hits Cat with the boombox and wins. Three count has an album. Sure, why not? Go buy it on iTunes. I'm ready for this feud to be done. I just don't care. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. But they're also putting Maestro in a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're giving him a little bit of push. Like, why? Of all people to push, why are you pushing Maestro? It's kind of funny. They, like, had him abandon his entrance and then gave him a push. Yeah. He doesn't come out with the bubbles and, like, the conducting anymore. He comes out angry. Backstage, Ric Flair and Kurt Hennig head to the ring. The total package and Liz can't find the baseball bat they had in their bag. Oh, no. Who could have taken the baseball bat? Who's known to have a baseball bat? Who is known to have a baseball bat and is rumored to be in the arena tonight? I don't know. Well, if you ask Mark Batten, nobody. Nobody. I've never seen a baseball bat before in my life, Tony. We see Kidman talking about the main event. He picks Tank to win because, you know, I'm a small guy. Yeah, so his reasoning was like, don't underestimate the smaller guy and the underdog. Like, his reasoning is like, if he said anything else, he would be discounting himself. And that's why, like, I didn't hate it. You know? He still came off dumb to me. It was it was not, like, you're obviously incorrect. Well, it was, like, it wasn't don't count Tank out. It was, I'm picking Tank. Like, All right, that's different. He has to root for the smaller guy because he is the smaller guy. Let's go to our third to last match tonight. Thank God we're getting there. It is Ric Flair versus Kurt Hennig. Ric Flair comes out with the Yappa Pie strap. Oh, my God. For a second, I thought you were going to say the Yeti. Hennig comes out to a real generic theme, and I'm like, give him rap his crap. Come on. I know. What are you doing? But like, okay, I don't understand why Flair came out with one, a strap at all. Two, one that says Hulkster. It's the one he took off of Hogan last week. Then what did Hogan just have in his promo? That's a good question. A a different one, brother. Don't ask questions, brother. Matt charged with like the good expected stuff from these two. Like, you know, it's Ric Flair versus Kurt You very much know the style you're going to get. It's fine. We had a flare flop and a back body drop. And on commentary, Mark Madden notes that uh, Hennig looks pretty flawless to me. I'm like, you wanted to say perfect. Would you say perfect? <laughs> Hennig works over the leg of Flair, so Flair pokes him in the eyes, and they trade chops. We get the Flair turnbuckle spot. Flair goes up top for what was probably at best going to be a flying nothing, but is thrown off the top rope. <laughs> he was actually the top rope, though. Hennig gets thrown into Nick Patrick and like does this in a style where it's like, all right, well, I feel they need to do a clothesline. And Mark Madden's like, why did he clothesline him? Was that on purpose? It's like, no, it's the fucking spot, jackass. Just play along. Show, you dummy. Has he never watched wrestling? Luger then interferes, uh, but Hennig grabs a chair. Referee comes to and grabs a chair away from Hennig and Flair just punts Hennig in the dick for the win. Hey, if it works, it works. Yeah. Post-match, Flair whips Hennig a little bit with the uh, with a yappa pie strap. The yappa pie. Um, so I guess we're going to see Kurt Hennig's dick soon. Yes, he's going to streak. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> yes, he's going to streak down some Minnesota road. Yeah. I'm assuming I... it's chili, so that's why it's bad. Why are you so into chili? <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by Chili's. I don't know why. 
I'm just trying to get that word ingrained so that when we get our first dog and your dog's name is Chili, it's a funny thing. Okay. I liked this match. It was, you know, it was the quality that I expected from these two. Nothing too special. Like, I, it's not my best bit for the night. But no, it was it was fine. Yeah. It was not offensive. I wish it had a little more time. I, you know, another one of those where I wish there had been a little bit of a better finish than just a dick kick. Yeah. But... That's kind of a Ric Flair problem of Ric Flair never had a finishing move for a pin. It was always the figure four and that was kind of it. Right. That's true. I, I would love to give uh, Ric Flair one of those like stereotypical shit rookie finishers where it's like the overdrive or the play. Basically MVP's offense where it's like Randy Orton had like the, the, the Ozone was the same the move. Ozone. <laughs> like Mr. Kennedy's mic check. Just any sort of like shit regular finisher that requires no like skill to do is mr kennedy the one that has the mic fall as if from yes. nowhere i love that that's a gimmick in wrestling that i adore one of my boys i i'm aware your boy stable is a lot smaller and a lot more exclusive than mine and we don't really appreciate <laughs> well, that you're only supposed to have five well my stable can be as much as i want it to be also because you don't watch tna i don't think you know that um when he went to tna he became mr anderson because his name actually is ken anderson and you refer to his fans as Anderson's assholes. I love that. But I've said it before. Mr. Kennedy was very much the Dane Cook of pro wrestling. <laughs> Where he's like, oh, this is so edgy. Edgy and great in 2006. And then we all kind of grew out of it and realized it was super problematic and a little icky in like 2009. Yep. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> that's, that's pretty accurate. I wonder how he would feel about that or if he would, he would be like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Let's go to a previously mentioned uh, backstage interview of Meng. Talk about the main event. Meng. You can't pick. It's going to be a hard-fought match. Of all the people to not pick, Meng? Meng, like who's killer. currently pissed at Tang Abbott from two weeks ago. Dude, you, like, you are supposed to be the like the big scary guy, and you're just like, oh, I don't know. They're both so good. Like, what? We then see more spring break shit. Ricky Rackman wants the Nitro Girls dance. And they do to, like, a muted song. I don't know if this is Peacock or just shit production value. I think value. it's a Peacock thing. I, th- I think it's copywritten music. I think they muted copywritten music and just kind of made it weird. Oh, fuck me. I just looked at the next match. We've got two more. We can do it. I know. I wanted to make you do this match, and you said no. No, because I'm not going to. No. <laughs> oh, are you, I don't care Are enough. you worried they were going to have a bunch of complicated moves? Because um, that's not an excuse. It is the total package Lex Luger versus Buff Bagwell. So the crowd was like really into this match for some reason. They were like more alive for this than they were for the last match. Lex gets new pyro. Buff comes out looking like a prick. I did like Lex's pyro. He did get good pyro. Luger overpowers Buff until a dropkick and a buff taunt. They brawl around ringside, including Lex choking Buff with a camera cable. I'm like, Jesus. DQ? And then... They go in the ring, and we get a massive Luger sucks chant, massive. which we hear once, and then cut the audio. So I don't think that WCW discriminates in their crowd muting. I think that the second they hear any chant, they mute it, because I think they're afraid of what people might start chanting. I don't I know. Think, I think that the sound booth knows what's going on, and knows that the other... Like, that the crowd is more into what's going on on the other channel, and they're afraid that those chants are going to come over... And ruin this product. Or bury it, I guess. I mean, maybe I am overthinking that. But with all the signs that I've seen in the crowd, I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility, you know? Yeah, but wait till it actually says something. Like you're No, on, they're too scared. Like, you're no, you should be on a delay. 
Like, oh, I would not no. be surprised if they weren't on a delay. Anyway, uh, Luger with some fucking lazy rest holds. Like, yeah, they weren't you're even You're making flexing. the Steiner recliner look snug. He wasn't even flexing. Flexy Lexi isn't even He flexing. wasn't even flexy. He was just caressing Buff's face. Luger falls onto Buff's knees and Buff starts to come back, including a swinging neck breaker. Vader bomb from Buff, but Liz puts Lex's foot on the ropes before the pin. You just called it a Vader bomb. How often have you been doing this? Pretty often. Here, the Vader bomb is already the name of the move. It's just people call that move. I know that's what people call it. Fine, a springboard body press splash. Sure. Buff goes after Liz at ringside, so famous defender of women Ric Flair makes the save. Yeah, why is Ric Flair here? Wearing a t-shirt that was upsetting to you. Oh my god, so he came out and just like... He his trunks had like a weirdly blue tank. He, was just, he just grabbed a t-shirt from backstage. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just a t-shirt. It was an oversized light blue t-shirt. It looked really it weird. It looked so casual. It was like something that I would wear after like swim practice or something. I'd get out of the pool and throw a t-shirt on. That's what this looked like. It was jarring. That's not what Ric Flair looks like. Buff fights off both men for a little bit until Rick hits a chop block in the ring. And they're like, okay, now it's a DQ. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's been a DQ, Mike. Like... We then get a little bit of sloppiness. I think it's partially due to Peacock because they don't play his actual theme. But Sting comes out. Sting is here. Actual defender of women, I guess. Sting. (laughs) So Sting comes out to ringside. And I swear, everyone has seen him. And then he, like, tucks behind the ring apron. Like, oh no, I'm I'm sneaky. It's like, what? So I don't think, I think that the way that this was supposed to be played is that Lex had Buff in a chokehold in the ring facing away from the ramp. So they didn't see him. I don't know. I think the, like, the, the, the confusion I have is like the space-time continuum around the ring is very confusing to me. Because like you're in the ring surrounded by people. If the audience stands up and starts losing their mind, wouldn't you be like, what's going on? Okay, yeah. That's when you just need to get over because that, that's a common thing. It's just It confuses me because sometimes they do listen to the audience. Most of the time they don't, but sometimes they do. Yeah, sometimes it's the like the oh they're right behind me, aren't they? Yeah. So Sting comes out and hides, and then his like music hits after he hits Lex with the baseball bat. Then it fades out, and he clears the ring, and the music hits again. And yeah, I didn't. I I don't know what to attribute that weirdness to. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't help that it's a dubbed theme because he has some like Metallica "Ride the Lightning" kind mm-hmm. of theme yeah. going. Yeah, him and Buff like hug, and I'm like, this is just weird. The good, the thing to note about this is Buff's arm is spared. He is the only one that made it out of the chair annihilation Wait, without injury. He did this week. The other week, he got his arm broken. He's fucking fine now. Did he get the his fuck? arm broken? Yeah, I thought so. Buffed it? I'm I pretty didn't sure. Think buffed it. I thought he did. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure he did, but I don't know. Hmm. I don't if he care. did, that's bullshit. I don't care <laughs> enough about Buff. <laughs> if he did, that's bull. But I didn't think that he did. I thought no, this was Buff's. No, arm that's spared. not bull. That's Buff. And he's the stuff. Yeah. And the ladies just can't get enough. And Jeff Jarrett's the chosen one. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Sid Vicious shouts backstage. <laughs> but then we see Tag Abbott walking silently. And it's time for your WCW Monday Nitro main event. It's not Michael Buffer time. No, it's not. He's like, sorry, Tag Abbott. No, I, I, I won't be there. Tag Abbott comes out on a fat hog. It's Biker Tanker. 
Match starts, tank hits, strikes, and... Okay, no, wait, we're not gonna talk about how fucking wet Sid was. <laughs> this man just got out of the shower and was like, oh, my match is on. Well, like, he was sopping wet. Well, in case of he has a concussion, I guess he took a shower trying to clear his head. I, maybe. In his gear, though? <laughs> I don't know. He has a concussion. He doesn't know if he's naked or not. It's fucking wild. He was so wet. And his ribs are taped up? I don't remember the rib injury. That's apparently from Thunder, and I missed that. Okay. Yeah, Tank hits strikes and then chokes out Sid, and we get the fucking longest five count in the ropes of oh all time. It's the God. it's one it's of those like one, one. Uh. come on, Tank, you're, he's in the ropes. Come on, you can't keep doing that. What are you doing? Come on, stop that too. I'm like, no man, you gotta keep going. Yeah, I'm like, holy yeah. shit, what are you? So Sid's dead, basically. Yeah, the man's purple. Tank slams Sid and then stands on his back, and then Tank Abbott locks in a camel clutch that actually fucking looks good. And I'm like. Lex Luger, take note. Right. Lex, you've been doing this how long? Why is Tank Abbott showing you up? And I hate to say this, Tank Abbott was kind of good in this match. It wasn't the worst. Yeah, one, comparatively, he was amazing. He fucking, he was Shawn Michaels by comparison, but. I mean, it wasn't as egregious as I was expecting it to be. No. And that's saying a lot. He seemed motivated. He seemed interested in actually putting over it as a spectacle. Like, he wasn't bad here. In terms of presentation, I mean, obviously in ring he's limited. In terms of presentation, yeah, putting on a show, he did pretty well. Yeah, like I literally wrote, like this is the first time I feel like he actually gives a damn about doing something. He he's showing potential here, which is sad because we know what happens. Yep, and then Sid gets up suddenly, locks in a crossface, and uh, tank taps out. That's it. <laughs> like what? I think actually went ah. Yeah. Like, the, we actually heard the disappointment. It well, was weird. I think it's because Sid didn't do anything else. It no. was just like, oh, that's it? That was that was the ending. It was just, aw. Like, yeah. I, I've never heard that from an, a wrestling crowd before. The I think they're ready for this, like, hard-hitting match. And it was just like, oh, here's this, like, slow-plotting bullshit. And then it was over. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't hate it. This match could have been way worse. Oh, but, agreed. yeah, the fact that it was just, like, get up, submission. Agreed. Him doing Benoit's finisher is kind of, like, it's weird. It's strange. Yeah. It's a little weird. It's it like, works for Sid, though. Like, it's like, we don't need Benoit. We have, we have Sid, Sid Vicious. But this was overall a kind of a nothing show, but I will, again, I will take that over last week. I did not leave this show I wanting agree. to die. I was like, cool, I'm ready to do this episode. Not like, do we have to do this today? It really did pick up after the, um, the Jarrett Vampiro match. Yeah, admittedly, the show was just such a mess that I feel like there's parts of this that immediately have left my brain. I guess I didn't give this enough credit going into this recording because I just remember how I felt at the beginning of this show. Oh, yeah. The first half hour is rough. I wouldn't even say the first half hour. I'd say like the first 45 minutes. I don't know when that Jeff Jarrett match is. Problem is with us, first... Actually, it's probably even longer considering the um, fact that we don't have ad breaks. I was going to say, because I remember looking at one point and I was like, oh, fuck, we're only like 45 minutes in. Yeah, or like, because you even less pausing to like, ask me if I'd seen something or yeah. like to take a note. And I'm like, Nick, we're only 20 minutes in. We got to keep going. <sighs> but yeah, that's it for uh, this Nitro. Thank God. We're getting there. We're getting to... Um, what's the next paper? <laughs> Uncensored. Uncensored. I keep wanting to say SummerSlam because that's what's on tonight. So in my head, the next pay-per-view is SummerSlam, but it's not. The next pay-per-view is Uncensored. Not to be confused with Unforgiven, which is on our Patreon. Hey! Which we'll have launched at this point. Unforgiven, Legends House Part 1, and WrestleMania 18 are all available on our Patreon right now for $5. $5. 
$5. All you got to pay to listen to all that content. We're going to work on uh, getting more on there, including Legend House Part 2. And whatever else Emily makes me watch. Yeah, Nick forgot that we didn't actually finish Legend's House. We only watched the first <laughs> half of it. And then I brought it up to him the other day, and he's like, oh, shit, we got to watch more yeah, of that? Yeah, the last we saw it ends with... Uh, They're on a road trip to Vegas, baby! And, and they get pulled over. And annoyingly, I don't know if, if they're going to end up doing it based on the vote, but the attitude of the podcast might be about to do a fucking review Legends House. No! And I'm like, God damn it! We did it first. Yeah, we beat them to it. <laughs> Is it because we tweeted about it? Did they see our tweet? Did they see well, our X? They're doing a boys picks kind of vibe of uh, of reality shows. So it's the fan vote. So we may have swayed the fan vote. Maybe. Except for the fact that the fan vote is actually happening before we... Uh, yeah, you don't the Patreon know what launches. we said about it, so... <sighs> but before we get to our next Nitro, we need to do best bit, worst bit, and MVP. We sure do. Emily, what is your best bit? Oh, easy. The Jeff Jarrett Vampiro match. Uh, yeah, easy. agreed. That 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 was like a saving grace. It's like, we haven't had a match that good in quite a while, yeah. even with the weird kind of finish. Yeah, I mean, I will take it, though. Yeah. Easy. Did you... Is that your best bit, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Emily, do you have a worst bit? I think just like, I don't have a worst bit, but I guess I have a LVP. It's just Mark Madden. On hey, the yeah, same thing. Really? Worst bit, Mark Madden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you let me have that. It's like, I, don't, I didn't no, think Mark you'd let Mad- that fly. Emily, my last worst bit was the entire show. So somebody's going to flex it a little bit. But sometimes. And uh, who is your MVP? So I did have Nick Patrick as a backup. I just <laughs> no, think, I need to give him like props for that match. But I'm giving it to Vampiro for changing my mind about Jeff Jarrett. Okay. Yeah. I get that. That was a really good match. He put on a really good performance, and he made me believe that Jeff Jarrett can actually hold his own in a ring. Okay. I I gave it to somebody else who has been a bit all over the show having to navigate a bunch of different feuds and put on a good match. Maestro? Ric Flair. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, no, fair, fair. I guess, <laughs> no. yeah. No, you had Ric Flair. Ric Flair put on a good match with Kurt Hennig. He has to do the... Uh, he has to do the Hogan feud, and he simultaneously is like, please care about Lex Luger. <laughs> He's working his ass off to get Luger over, so you know what? Yeah, yeah Rick, Rick, Rick Flair put on a good performance this show. I think I'll he is the, the best performer on this show. Valid. But next up is the March 6th, 2000 Monday Nitro. We're finally out of February. I feel like we were in February for so long. Yeah, and... Um, Which is so weird because it's the shortest month. We're on the road to Uncensored. And we're getting closer and closer to reboot Nitro. Let's go. Which is when Vince Russo comes back. Uh. But until then, and for the first time getting this, I guess, modern day accurate, you can follow us on social media on X and Instagram and threads at Butts in the Pod. Good job. And you can listen to all of our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio and Deezer. Deezer. I always forget about Deezer. Damn it. Yeah, because admittedly, I think when this comes out, Stitcher's, Stitcher's actually dead. Because yeah. it's the end of August, and this will come out after that. So, oh, But that's it for this episode. Emily, any uh, closing thoughts before we go to SummerSlam? So the Tribal Council matches tonight. There is a chance. Are you ready to is, be hurt again? This Yes. But there is a chance that this is the last time we sit down recording where Roman Reigns is the champion. There's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. And this is me manifesting that into the world. Take with that what you will. Well, tell me how wrong I was. Admittedly, we're recording the next episode tomorrow. So when Emily's all <laughs> defeated on the next episode of the Butts Podcast, you'll know why. But until then, I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Butts and Seats Podcast. Bye.